Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now we are a proud member of the 143 podcast network the Cheers to Comics podcast is proudly affiliated with NSCLiveTV.com. That's No Signal Comics. NSCLiveTV.com. Find the Cheers to Comics podcast on channel 34 of NSCLiveTV.com. No Signal Comics. The best in auction action. Hey, how you doing? My name is Joey Galvez, and I'm here to invite you to head on over to the 143 Podcast Network to check out all our shows that range from collecting, music, all things geek, all under one roof, right here on the 143 Podcast Network, partnering with Age of Radio. Check us out. Again, everybody, and welcome back to the Cheers to Comics podcast. This is episode 61, and I'm your host, Brian Wayne. This week, I'll be raising my glass to the books that were released on the 1st of January, 2020. So, uh, full disclosure, this is a spoiler-based podcast, but I do also leave timestamps in the description and the show notes. So, yeah, if there's something you're not ready to have spoiled for you, there you go. The other thing i like to warn you about is this is not necessarily a safe-for-work podcast. I do have a bit of a potty mouth, so if you got sensitive ears, you've been warned. Uh, without further ado, let's, let's talk comic books. Mm, a lot of times I start with some news. Couldn't really find any news. Scour in the internet. Admittedly, I didn't scour too hard, but yeah, no, I didn't see anything worth talking about. So let's just jump right into some overviews. Now, uh, I will have to say that I'm, I'm rocking a killer toothache, brah. So, <laughs> um, yeah, there may be times where I stumble over my words here a little bit more than normal, so bear with me. But, um, to your benefit, I guess, there's only a few books to talk about this week. The first wasn't a super heavy week. It really wasn't, but it was very quality. That's for damn sure. So I'm going to start out with talking some DC. We're going to talk Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond number 39. Uh, Dan Jurgens and Naki Miranda and Chris Sotomayor, covered by Dustin Nguyen. Alright, so we have Neo Batwoman fighting Blight at this point. Blight's not supposed to be alive, but, you know, comics and, well, radiation never really dies. It's kind of the, uh, uh, the theme of this story, I guess. So... 
what we come to realize is that Blight is responsible for the death of Matt's father. Matt being uh, Terry McGinnis, the Batman of now, his little brother. So their father is responsible for the death of... Uh, uh, or, I'm sorry, Blight is responsible for the death of their father. What he does to to get dead, we find out here in just a few. So, uh, Bruce and Matt, they're watching from a distance, and at this point, they're still debating on who the, this Neo-Batwoman is. The, regardless of the fact that both Barbara and Melanie completely refused and have all the alibis in the world to back it up, uh, both Bruce and Matt stick are sticking to their guns. So, while Neo-Batwoman's fighting, they're calling. They're both calling to see who would pick up and blah, blah, blah. Well, both... Both phones go to voicemail, so they render the experiment inconclusive. <laughs> I found it to be kind of funny, because there's no way it's either of those guys. We all know it's Dick Grayson's daughter. Anyways, so, um, Terry, she's, uh, or he, he, <laughs> whoops. Terry, he's out with that street rat Constance. You know, he ain't got no memory on account of false face fucking with him and all that. And, uh, yeah, so she starts explaining her history with Derek Powers, a.k.a. Blight. And then from there, it's revealed that she was working on some crazy experimental bullshit. And uh, Mr. McGinnis, so that would be Terry and Matt's daddy, outed her and said, Hey, this bitch's crap is, like, super scary and dangerous and we shouldn't do it. And so she was shut down and it completely ruined her whole thing. And, well, she... She's not too happy, and that is essentially where the death of Terry and Matt's father comes about, is because of that whole circle of convenience comics. So, uh, yeah, well, uh, Batwoman, she's she's fighting Blight, and she, he, she temporarily traps him, and kind of has uh, rips his containment suit and all of that, you know, because he's a gas, uh, gaseous, gaseous, um, <laughs> Yeah, that's that's bad. If he doesn't have any containment, so it can't kill him, but still, you know, he's got to be contained somehow to be able to be a figure to... I don't know. I don't fucking know. Either way, he's he's sad about that. So he's calling for help, and the person he calls is convenient because it's his old squeeze, old Constance, and they both have a common enemy, and blah, 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 blah. blah. All right, cool. I dug the shit out of it. I really did. Oh, you want to know something, though? It gets even crazier. <laughs> I forgot. Uh, super spoiler. So when Blight and Constance reunite again for the first time in a while, because they have been estranged, didn't end on great notes, uh, Blight says, look, I need a body. I need a new body because, yeah, you know, I got to be a thing. And Constance, without blinking an eye, was like, hey, I got a guy. He's got no memory of anything in his life. He'd be fucking perfect. Can you guess who that person is? Yeah, it's Terry. Whoa. Right? Digging the shit out of Batman Beyond. I can't get enough of this book. It's one of my favorite, uh, well, DC books out there. My next favorite, or at least in the same list, tied for favorite, is going to be Detective Comics, number 1018. So this is The Dead of Winter, part one. Peter J. Tomasi, Scott Godlewski, and David Barron. Covered by Raphael Sandoval, Jordi Tarragona, and John Calice. So it starts out in 1659 in the township of Gotham. And it's a big flashback sequence. And 
not really a big flashback sequence as much as it is one giant visual of this crazy uh, Santa Claus-esque looking barbarian fighter motherfucker. So you, you would begin to wonder when he comes in. They flash right now to Batman. Batman, he's on a case with the Botanical Gardens because, you know, the big giant Christmas tree that lights up Gotham. Uh, well, the, the it was decorated with bodies. <laughs> so, hmm. Well, Batman in his detectivizing realizes that it's a pagan ritual and then he sees his big imprints and tries to figure out who the fuck it is. Well... Um, off, you know, he's got to go off and be Bruce eventually, can't detective forever. So he's at this, uh, tree lighting ceremony, and as they go to light the tree, Joel Abloat shows up. Joel Abloat being this, um, well, the guy that we saw in the very beginning. So I don't know how long this Christmas-like story arc is going to go on, but even though it's beyond Christmas and all of that, I'm still perfectly fine with it. I like Tomasi's detective book run. I like it quite a bit, actually. So those are the only two DC books that I'm talking about this week. This was the kind of the side of the week. I realized that DC has a pattern. One week super heavy, one week super light. I'm subscribed to about half of DC's books, and I feel like the majority of those come out all in the same week, <laughs> with the exception of Beyond and Detective right now. So yeah, it is what it is. But we're going to move on to a couple of indies here. The first one being I Can Sell You a Body, number one, by uh, Ryan Ferrier and George Combatila. Oop, try it again. Whew. Combatius. Combatius. Oh, it sounds better when you say it like that. George Combatius. Cool. Cover also by George Combatius, I believe. So the premise of this book hooked me as soon as I read the previews, world's description. I thought it was great. So, essentially, you know, they, they didn't lie. It is about transferring consciousness into other bodies and, you know, through clairvoyancy and the dead and all of that. So it follows this character called Denny. And yes, he's able to communicate with the dead and perform these reverse exorcisms. Well, because of his talent, he's wanted by certain people. And the first certain people that we see that of significance wanting his talents is this little brat kid whose uncle is dead. And his uncle was this big gangster dude. So, yeah, he, uh, old Denny, he's being threatened, owes a bunch of money because he still hasn't, you know, produced a body. And that's the thing. Is some, his difficulty is sometimes it's hard to find a fucking body, a willing body, to just be like, hey, do you not want to be you anymore and just be like a vessel for someone else's bullshit? So, uh, yeah, but the part that's even harder is the fact that his target, this kid's uncle, is r evading him, and that's very uncommon. You know, most of these spirits would, they would die to, uh, to uh, have another chance down on the other world, even if it does mean coming back with sag saggy butts and boobs and whatnot. But, um, I don't know, but still, you know, it's life, right? Well, this guy, he doesn't want to, and that's a fucking problem. Well, there's a second side to this whole story. Uh, Denny, he meets a love interest by the name of Henrietta, Henrietta Solis, to be exact. And she goes to Denny for his services and says, Look, I need assistance with my dead uncle. Can't find my inheritance anywhere. I really need this money. Denny makes contact, says, Look, uh, Henrietta, I'm sorry, you're... Uh, 
Your your inheritance was gone. Spent. Whoops. Bye-bye. I'm so sorry. And she says, well, I'm fucked. That's it for me. I've got nothing now. It's... Uh, so, Denny pulls out this duffel bag full of money. Just hands it over. Apparently, that's the the little, you know, some of the money that he has saved up in case he doesn't come through for this kid so he doesn't get his neck broken or whatever happens. But, no, he, he just very graciously hands it over and then it, uh, after they part ways and everything oh I'm in love super in love blah 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 and then he kind of seems very regretful in the end <laughs> but still naturally you would I mm, I can tell you a body was everything I hoped it was it really was I, I super dug this book I'm I don't know what else to say about it. That's that's pretty much the, the, the rundown. You have to enjoy the rest of the, the comedy and the jokes all yourself. Let's move on to an image book, Philadelphia, number two. We just recently had Rodney Barnes on the podcast. That'll be airing here uh, not too long from the time this episode airs. So two episodes from now. So Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And we're going to talk all about Philadelphia and all that. So uh, I'm going to give just a kind of a brief rundown of what I, got, what I got out of this. And after speaking with Rodney, I realized that this is supposed to be a very slow burn. And issue three is going to be, bam, all up in our fucking faces. So what I got out of this is Rodney Barnes, Jason, Sean, Alexander are creating absolute beautiful vampiric gold. We don't get vampire books that are good. Um, for Well, we haven't for a long time. So, like I said, or will say on that podcast, I guess, <laughs> depending on how you perceive it. Uh, yeah, uh, since Snyder's American Vampire. So, yeah, well, we've got a good one here. And this follows a couple new sets of characters. And <laughs> it opens up this whole new world. We've got this presidential character, John Adams. Seems to be like the king of the vampires, at least in Philly. And, oh man, I, I this book is so incredible. I, I can't recommend it enough. And yes, I will admit the first two issues are very slow-burning world-building, but I fully believe that this book is going to pay off tremendously. And it, plan, it sounds like it's going to go ongoing, too, so get down on it. That's what I have for indies. Once again, only a couple of indies this week. This might be a rather short podcast. Shoot. I didn't do this on purpose, I promise. Uh, let's let's keep this going, though. We've got a few Marvel books to talk about. We've got Hawkeye Freefall, number one. Matthew Rosenberg and Otto Schmidt, covered by Kim Jacinto and Tamara Bonvillain. Oh, this book was everything I wanted, and then some... I can't believe how good a Hawkeye book is. I love it. I love it so much. So, uh, Clint, he's his first mission, he's infiltrating the Hood. And he takes out the Hood. Hood gets arrested, goes to court. Thing is, he's, he's, uh, he's acquitted of the charges. He's got a bunch of men that go down, but he's not afraid to say, look, because, you know, those, those men are my men, they're perfectly safe in jail. They're probably safer and going to live a better life in jail than they are out here. So, bam. Um, so he's super gangster about it, because he's totally taunting Clint in the back of a limo. You know, you'll never catch me, dude. You'll never catch me. And Clint's starting to kind of doubt it himself. Well, uh, so he gets home. Clint, turns out, he's banging the night nurse. Bam, bam. And we get a whole bunch of bachelor jokes, and, you know, it's, it's cool. He's, he's a fun guy. Clint's a fun guy. 
He is. He is wiping his toothpaste mouth on his uh, girlfriend, night nurse's dirty shirt. I don't think they're girlfriend, boyfriend, but they're totally banging. Because uh, they bang in this. They do. They bang. They bang. Um, anyway, <laughs> well, it turns out uh, there, there's there's more. There's more than just night nurse banging and the hood taunting. There's a new Ronin, and who this new Ronin is becomes a mystery. And once this new Ronin takes out a bunch of, um, uh, well, I guess bad men. What, who was it? Oh, it was like an armored vehicle. That's what it was. Takes takes out an armored vehicle. He gets questioned while he's eating his breakfast. He's out eating his breakfast, and then boom, Bucky Barnes and Sam Wilson, a.k.a. Winter Soldier and the Falcon, show up right after Falcon's hawk shits in... <laughs> yeah, shits in his omelet, Hawkeye's omelet. And, uh, yeah, well, it says, look, I th- uh, Bucky's pretty hinty that he really thinks that Hawkeye is Ronin and Hawkeye's trying to prove he's not, and then they get a buzz, oh... Ronan's out doing it because they're staking out. And turns out, yeah, no, Ronan kicks all three of their asses, leaves them in the dust, and, you know, we get a whole I told you so moment. Bam. I fucking love this book so much. It was so much fun. Otto Schmidt's art was perfect. Absolutely perfect. And Rosenberg just knows how to make me laugh, man. He just knows how to do it. And at the same time, it's not all just complete slapstick comedy either. Yes, it's a very fun book. Highly, highly recommended. Uh, more Marvel carrying on. We got Daredevil number 16, Legacy numbering 628. Chip Zarsky, Jorge Fornes, and Nolan Woodard covered by the great Julian Titino Tedesco. Never gonna get tired of saying that. Alright, so there's a, there's a lot going on in this book. The first page is kind of just, it almost seems like a throwaway, but you know it's gonna mean something. Um, it's the gentleman that Daredevil supposedly killed his living brother. Uh, he's, he's talking with Foggy, and Foggy says, use your leverage, you know who Daredevil is, fucking use it in court, bro. So, hmm, hmm. Uh, also Daredevil and Elektra are banging, and, but they're also teaming up to do some shit. They do a cool little heist move that, it's... Uh, really, it's the, the the Stormwind family. They're the, the super rich family. They're like the Waltons, I guess. They, uh... <clears throat> oh, the toothache's making me lose my voice somehow. How does that work? Uh, they... They, they team up, do this Robin Hood thing, steal from the rich, give to the poor, but Electra kind of takes a bit of a bonus, a little finder's fee, as she calls it. Um, for the small fee of one billion dollars. So, yeah, Daredevil, he's a little mm, upset about that. That's that We also get a, a confrontation between Daredevil, or which, not Daredevil anymore. He's just Matt now. But, yeah, uh, he and Kingpin in the hospital. And that's where he gets his information about the Stormwind family. He wants to make sure Kingpin wasn't in on that whole, all the bullshit going on. And, yeah. Well, while all of that's happening, Hammerhead is trying to claim Hell's Kitchen to himself. And, you know, he gets word that the, the, the owl's in town, so he's got to take out the owl first. And then, yeah, he's, he's trying to claim himself to be the new kingpin. Old Hammerhead. Kind of scary, huh? Um, and then there's also the uh, fucking storyline of Detective Cole. Detective Cole, man, I'm really digging the shit out of this guy. He's done a complete 180. 
He's dropping all of his cases on on heroes. He walks into the precinct, rips down his his uh, little pinup pushpin mugshot, not a mugshot, but uh, daily bugle shot of Spidey's face and rips it down, and that's kind of the statement. It's really all I needed to say. But then he says, "Look, uh, Captain, I'm reassigning myself. My next my next target's gonna be oh, what's he say? Um, who is it?" Oh, the uh, the owl. Yeah, he wants to take on the case of the owl. So you know we're gonna get a detect, uh, detective Cole Hammerhead crossover. Bam. <sighs> I can't wait for that. That's gonna be fucking dope. Cause both those characters are the shit. I can't believe how awesome Detective Cole turns out to be with just being a regular ass dude. Leave it to the Daredevil universe. Just a bunch of regular ass dudes with no superpowers. Just fucking things up. Ugh, so good. So good. I can't recommend Daredevil enough. There's a lot going on in this book, but it's paced well. It's beautiful. Let's talk Thor. Thor number one. Legacy 727. Donnie Cates, Nick Klein, Matt Wilson. Covered by Oliver Copiel and Laura Martin. No, I did not get any of the 737,000 variants that were tied to this. Not for me. Uh, were they cool? Yes. But didn't need to own them. If there were some virgin variants, maybe. But if it ain't a virgin, I'm not hanging it on my wall. Take that out of context. <laughs> Jesus, Brian. So, Donny Cates has big old jockstrap to fill. Jason Aaron has been the, the god of Thor for some while. A long while. And now, well, Donny Cates steps in. And frankly, I'm not disappointed. I think it's pretty cool. You know, he's the, 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 uh, Thor's the king of Asgard now. He's got his throne. Kind of not super thrilled. He'd rather be the, the, a god than a king. And oh, he's realizing this now, after all these years. <laughs> and, uh, well, frankly, he's kind of bored, you know? So bored, in fact, he's helped throw an assist down at the Avengers seven realms away. And you just see Mjolnir flying through the seven realms for the first... Uh, I don't know, two and a half pages, and then boom, Tony Stark takes a sharpie and writes it, and fucking, I don't know, enjoy your retirement or something like that. And, uh, yeah, that kind of strikes a chord, you know, a little heartstring with Thor, realizes I don't want to retire. Well, thankfully, Galactus shows up, right as Thor's got to give his big speech in the Golden City, and Galactus doesn't just arrive. He falls face first into the fucking ground, and comes bearing a message. And says, the Black Winter cometh, and I need you, Thor. So Thor, he joins in on the Council of Heralds, and, yeah, um, Silver Surfer, who's not so silver anymore, on account of he's more black, or cosmic-y, kind of, uh, pr pearlescent? Not really pearlescent, I don't know. Uh, cosmic-y, that's what we'll go with. Um... <laughs> Uh, he says, look, I'm going to go and be the Herald of Galactus because I figured out how to fix shit. You know, the only way this Black Winter can go down is for Galactus to survive. He survived it twice, once when, you know, in his origin story. Yeah, remember? And Silver Surfer Black number two. And then uh, once again later on down the road. But he's not strong enough right now to survive the Black Winter. 
So Norrin has stashed these secret five planets away from Galactus, and Galactus is super impressed with that. And um, as he says, "Look, me and Thor are gonna we're gonna go fuck shit up for you." He says, "No, no, no, no. First, I got some shit to say. Thor's gonna kill me uh, way in the future. So, hmm, yeah. But you know what? In the meantime, I'm gonna make you the Herald of Thunder, Thor." <sighs> So fucking badass, that last page. I dig it. I dig it. I know there's... Uh, I could see this being a polarizing book, but that's going to happen when such a, a great, great run... <laughs> um, well, kind of precedes it. So, yeah. I dug the shit out of it. And I'm happy to see Nick Klein back doing this. The art in this was absolutely beautiful. The fact that Matt Wilson is coloring Nick Klein's uh, pencils is oh, so fucking good. And who would have thought that Nick Klein and Donny Cates would go over so well? Well, I had no doubts about that. <laughs> That's for fucking sure. So, yeah, no, there, there's there's no doubts there. We could even get a little Cosmic Ghost Rider appearance. As one would do when, you know, you're Donny Cates. He'd become, because it's the Herald of, or the, the, the Council of Heralds. You know, that's where you get them. I thought it was pretty brilliant. I really did. I dug the heck out of this one. Let's keep this going. We've got an X book to talk about. We do, we do. X-Men number four. Jonathan Hickman, Lionel Francis Yu, Jerry Hanguilan, and Sonny Go. Covered by Lionel Francis Yu and Sonny Go. All right. Uh, this is going to be a real quick overview. Essentially what you need to know here is this is the monthly gathering of the World Economic Forum. And the mutants are attending this time. And what we're getting out of this is, well, first off, what you need to know, the three mutants in attendance in the meeting itself are none other than Xavier, Magneto, and Apocalypse, dressed to the fucking T's. Goddamn, those suits are bad ass. Magneto looks good and white, not gonna lie. All of them, all of them look fucking amazing. And they go in there looking like bosses, and we know that Xavier's the richest man in the world, and he goes in there swinging his dick, saying, I'm just going to keep buying you, and there's nothing you could do about it, and then I'm going to buy your people, and I'm going to buy their people, and yeah, I just have unlimited funds, and the meeting really isn't going over so well, but Xavier and them have come prepared because we got Cyclops and um, Gorgon, fucking shit up in the background because and when I say fucking shit up I mean it sense that there is an ambush attack fixing to happen because the dude that killed Xavier is also sitting in this room and they have a feeling that he was going to get shady if they didn't like what they said and he's not liking what they said but his men don't show up because Cyclops and Gorgon are fucking shit up and by the way Gorgon is now the chosen personal protector of any mutant leaving uh, Krakoa, at least of, you know, a council status, I guess, from my understanding. I fucking love this. I keep saying that throughout this, this show, but I really... X-Men is great. I like saying that. X-Men is great. Uh, that we... Ugh, Apocalypse is so badass. He's, you can still sense the evil wants to come out of him, but at the same time, he has no problem refraining either. He's just so... Ugh, like he goes off about how you have to call me Apocalypse in the meeting because you guys don't have the uh, the the 
the ability to even utter my name. <laughs> so fucking rad and godlike and beastly and apocalypse. Ooh, fucking badass. Fucking badass, man. I, uh, that, that does it for the overviews. Like I said, what do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight overviews isn't too bad. Went kind of quick, but at the same time, uh, I find these all to be great, great quality. That's for damn sure. So before I get on with the honorable mentions, I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. Good day. I'm Ken. And I'm Steve, and we're the hosts of the Nerd Cantina Show, where nerd culture and society intersect. Whether you come for entertainment news or some space and science talk, we are here to keep you informed on weekly nerd topics and discuss how they affect us as a society. As well as having in-depth interviews in our Cantina Conversation and Fight Me Fridays. Just like any Cantina, we want you to join in on the conversation. From our blog at thenerdcantina.com, our voicemail line, or our closed Facebook group at thenerdcantina.com forward slash community, where we really get to interact with our fans. So pull up stool and get involved in our community all right and i am back and i'm ready to talk honorable mentions if you're not familiar with the honorable mentions segment this is when i go through and i talk about the books that didn't necessarily make it to the overview segment and uh the, you know it can be various reasons be just because i couldn't find the right talking points or maybe i'm saving it for something maybe i'm just collecting it but still feel like it deserves a shout out and all of the books i get deserve a shout out so there you have it um first honorable mention i'm going to talk about is marauders number five i dug the shit out of it it was a heavy story revolving around iceman and there was uh, this is good stuff. It, it really is. I just couldn't find the right talking points. I, when it came down as I was taking notes, I only had two things written down. So, But I still continue to read this book. I'm going to keep it going. It was a, it was slower in the beginning, but picked up. Uh, Star Wars number one. Uh, uh, this is taking place right after uh, Empire. So I will be picking or, or will grabbing this, reading this here soon. I just didn't get around to it. That's all. Um, I just I haven't heard anybody say must read yet, but at the same time, it's Charles Soule. I'm sure it's gonna be great. I think people are just bitter because it's Star Wars. Miles Morales, Spider-Man number fourteen. Um, I'm still buying Miles Morales, obviously, but I haven't read a Miles Morales book in three or four issues now. Uh, I, I think I'm just gonna keep it in the collection, keep it on the pull list. Um, you know, just do my job to make sure comics are staying in circulation and being bought, not pirated. <laughs> and just because I'm not reading it doesn't mean it's a worthless investment. By any means, I found out that there was a first appearance in, what was it, uh, Miles Morales Spider-Man number 13, something like that. Yeah, didn't read it, but boom. So, it doesn't hurt, doesn't hurt. I, I dug it, or, I mean, I dig, I used to dig it. It's not that I don't anymore, it's just... I haven't given myself the opportunity to read it. Um, carrying on. Uh, DC Honorable Mentions. We've got Martian Manhunter number 11. I have a feeling this is going to be a book that turns out to be a trade negotiation for me. And uh, yeah, I read the first three issues when it came out and I was... It was wacko. Super wacko. And I dug it, but I want to read it all at once. Justice League Dark number 18. This kind of falls in the same category with uh, Miles Morales. Uh, I haven't read it in a while, but I want to keep collecting it because I want a JL Dark run. <laughs> and, you know, to be perfectly honest, you never know. Maybe uh, I want to go back and 
revisit some stuff that I fell super behind on, and J.L. Dark seems like one of those books that I would go to first in that situation. Uh, oh, Joker Harley Criminal Sanity. Holy shit. Once again, just like the first issue, it's absolutely beautiful. Can't find the talking points because I could just say it all in one thing because it's just told so poetically. And uh, the art, that art is next level. Um, Mike Mayhew continues to just fucking dominate Miko Soyan's colors. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Digging the shit out of it. Uh, indie honorable mentions. We got Stabity Bunny Emmett's story. The solicitation said this is the one Stabity. If you're, you're new to Stabity, this is the one you gotta read. Um, well, unfortunately, this one just kind of lost me. I don't understand what's going on here because I don't really know what Stabity is at all. So I was hoping they would explain some of that, but not necessarily. Um, I'm sure for those of you that I mean, it wasn't poorly written or anything like that. It's just. I mean, the art's fine. It's great. Actually, fine's not even a good word. It's great. Everything's fine. It's just... Uh, I I don't know any of these characters, so unfortunately, it didn't really mean anything to me. Uh, last honorable mention is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Urban Legends number 20. So this one will... Uh, it'll, it just continues on. We're almost to that point. I think at issue 24 is when the, fir the original run stopped. So it won't be long before we're getting new content in this in this story. And uh, just like that, that does it for honorable mentions. There was some great stuff. Great stuff to talk about that I didn't really get an overview, unfortunately. A lot of that stuff I really wish I did get around to. I wish I was caught up on JL Dark and Manhunter and Miles Morales and all of that good stuff. But, yeah, what are you going to do? There's only so many hours in the day, unfortunately. Let's move on to wall books. Wall books. This is kind of a self-explanatory category if you're new to the new to the show. But essentially, what it is, it's me just talking about the shit that I got strictly to hang on the wall of Studio Cerebro and the hallway leading to it. So uh, yeah, I've only got one wall book again this week, but it's a fucking beauty. Um, honestly, I didn't order this one. It just showed up in my box, and I didn't put it back. I went and I grabbed cover A as well. This is a great one. It is uh, Detective Comics number 1018. And uh, shit, who did this variant? I gotta open it up real quick. I gotta make sure I give proper credit. I think I know who it is, but I don't want to uh, ruin anything. Igor Cordy. Nope, didn't know who that was. Igor Cordy, you are officially on my radar, sir. That is fucking amazing. Uh, yeah, you just, I know, uh, you're gonna have to see it for yourself, it's a podcast, I can't show you, can't show you, you might get an idea in the, the, the thumbnail for the episode, but, yeah, that's, that's it, that's the only way you're gonna know, unless you go, uh, only other way you're gonna know, unless you go buy it yourself, so go to your local comic book store and do all of that, uh, yeah, just the one wall book, just the one, but it's a beaut, I got a whole Batman theme going on in one one segment of the wall right now, so it's going to be perfect. And, uh, yeah, that's that's all the books I have to talk about. I would like to give my top recommendations for the week, though, my top shout-outs, top acknowledgments. Um, starting out with the best cover of the week, uh, believe it or not, I actually thought that there was a cover better than this, Detective Comics, even though it has trade dress all over it, but fortunately for the, me and the X-Men books, there's very I, I like the new logo 
on the uh, um, trade dress or the lack of trade dress on X-Men and because of that it makes the books a lot more hangable but that fucking cover of Apocalypse and Magneto and Xavier strutting around in their suits whew, that's that's a it's just badass. It really is. It's just badass. So Sonny Go and Lionel Francis, you killed it on that one as well. Um, interiors of the week. I think anytime Criminal Sanity is going to be on the docket, it's going to be the winner for me. That's just art that can't be beat right now. Um, to me, that's the uh, Libra Mayho. Uh, I mean, I love these black label books and these artists they're bringing on. Because they're so just heavy-handed with their... Oh, man. No, no punches pulled. That's for sure. Mike Mayhew and Miko Suyon fucking kill it, and that Francesco Matina cover as well. Hmm, didn't even ugh, forgot to shout that out. That is a beautiful cover. Don't get me wrong. It's usually the Matina covers that get it, but I still gotta. I stand firm by the X Men. Uh, anyway, carry on. My overall pick of the week. You could probably guess throughout this podcast based off my level of excitement between Hawkeye Freefall and everything else. How much I liked Hawkeye Freeball. Freeball. <laughs> Freefall. Um, dude, this is this is great. If you're uh, down on Hawkeye, and this this book will lift you up. You will be a Hawkeye fan when it's all said and done. Uh, I I, th- I think you'd be weird if you weren't. It's just a fun book. If you like fun comics, which I would hope that you do, then this is easily my most recommended book of the week. So, that there does it. It has been a podcast, Lurds. I know it's been a little bit shorter than usual, but uh, honestly, I had to talk fast because this toothache is fucking up my whole skull. So, yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's give a shout-out to some Patreons, man. I had some new Patreons join recently, and I cannot thank you enough. Um, NSC Live TV, you're the shit. Ryan, welcome back. Uh, Ken M from the Ocho Duro, you fucking rock, dude. Um, Steve and Ken both from uh, the Nerd Cantina. Shit, who else? Um, uh, Sean, Sean, you've been a dude from the very beginning. Sean Mullen, you're badass. Welcome to the NSC Live team again, by the way. Bam. So, yeah, Patrons, fucking, that's awesome. Those guys contribute anywhere between a dollar a month to $30 a month, and you could you could join the Slurred Army along with them. And, yeah, uh, patreon.com slash cheers to comics. It's really easy. Go do that. A dollar. A dollar. And it goes towards all types of good stuff, too. It's not just me begging for money. You get stuff in return. Good stuff. Exclusive stuff. As you should, as a consumer. The other way you could uh, support this podcast is by leaving reviews. Five-star reviews on Apple, um, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Podchasers, Dope. Uh, Anywhere you listen to podcasts, like to review stuff, just do that. Five stars. Awesome. Um, And I'll read the reviews and whatnot on the show. And and I take your your, uh, criticism very constructively. So, boom. Um, have at the, well, 
Thank you again, Slurts. My voice is dying as the tune fades in. So y'all have a lovely week. Read responsibly and cheers, my fuckers.